Who cares? Informal carers from the Milton Keynes Carers Project, together with the manager of the project, discuss their experiences of caring for their relatives. Carol Kamarami from the School of Health and Social Welfare chairs the discussion. Can we start with you, Doris? Would you like to tell us who you care for? I care for my husband, who has a severe back problem and a very bad heart condition as well. And how long have you cared for I've him? I've cared for him for over seven years now right. with this problem, okay. and it will not improve. It will only deteriorate. Martin, I look after my wife, and we have four children. Like Doris's husband, my wife has a back problem, which is deteriorating, reduces her mobility. She's also suffered from depression for about ten years. I've been caring for her and the family for about ten years. Right. Okay. And you, Jean? Would you like to tell us something about yourself? Yes, I gave up work to look after my daughter, who's a schizophrenic. Um, she's a passive schizophrenic, so we don't have any violent episodes. But she also has no motivation or interest in anything, and really, it's a matter of just keeping her moving and keeping her going. When she first came to me, I also had her two children as well, who were at the worst teenage stage and were very disturbed. I had a very bad life for about three years until I finally persuaded her father that he should have them, and life has eased off considerably since then. Mm. Harvey, would you like to tell us something about yourself, please? Yes, I I manage Milton Keynes Carers Project. We're a local charity that have been in existence in Milton Keynes for about eight years now. And we're currently in touch with around 700 carers in the Milton Keynes area. What would be really nice is to hear about what you actually do when you care. What about you, Doris? To be honest, I do most things around the house. My husband isn't capable of doing very much at all. You know, mainly because he's got a bit of a shaking problem. Cannot do the garden because he cannot walk or bend properly, and is in considerable pain most of the time. So he depends totally on me. I look after my wife, who has mobility problems. She, for instance, can't put on her shoes. I sometimes have to do that. She may need help getting out of bed. I manage the house. I am also looking after the four children. My youngest son is eleven. I really have brought him up. My wife's been in hospital for much of the time. It's generally just being there all the time, on、mm. call, and really just managing the house, the money, and everything. When my wife first became ill, I was working for <coughs> a large financial institution, and she became progressively less and less well. I was having to spend more and more time at home to care for the family, and eventually my employer said bye-bye. Can you tell me what impact that had when you lost your job? Personally, it was devastating. But one day I became unwell with depression myself. I took three months sick leave, and then was told that I wasn't wanted back unless I could turn up the next Monday. It was as brutal as that. Financially, it was a huge shock.、Um, I think we went from about five or six hundred pound a week down to state benefit in, in the course of one week. The benefit system is very, very hard to deal with unless you're used to it. And because of that, we found that we hadn't claimed everything we should have claimed. Um, there's no help to make sure you do claim everything you're entitled to, and all in all, it was a huge change of lifestyle、uh, that was governed by the fact I was now a carer with very little money. All of a sudden, it's not only very little money; it's very little support.、Mm. I found that there was no one to turn to, 
for instance, with, with the children when they were so disturbed and had so much problem, there is no counselling available for a grandmother and her grandchildren. You know, there's family counselling and there's counselling between mum and kids and so forth, but there's none at all for grandparents, mm. so I had absolutely no help. I couldn't go yes, to I, anyone I, to I say... I agree with that completely. We, we had four quite young children, first of all. The only involvement we had from social services was to come in, tell us everything we were doing wrong, not offer any support, and have meetings, and eventually, because they felt the children were at risk, to put them on the register. This did not mean any more support. To us as a family, it was a complete waste of time. But we were expected to cope with this. Yes. So tell me what sort of support you would like. I think the support you need is to know that there is somebody there. In my case, I haven't got any close family. And, you know, who do I turn to? Yeah. You know, and you get sort of passed from one to the other and everything. And I agree with Martin as well regarding the financial thing. We also weren't claiming the right amount of benefits. And, you know, you hear from one, well, I get this and they get that. And that's how you seem to hear it is by word of mouth, mm. you know. And I'm very grateful that Harvey does the carers meeting because until I'd been up to the city centre, I didn't even know this existed. And it's nice to meet other people that are in similar positions to mm. what you are in yeah. to discuss, you know, things that happen at home. There is the welfare mm. rights system, and I can't remember who first put me in touch with them. Right from the start, they were very mm. supportive in fi financially in making sure that you were mm. applying for everything you could get mm. and helping you get it too because my daughter was turned down for disability living allowance. And I would have given up at that stage, mm. but uh, mm. when I spoke to them, oh no, they expect you to, mm. you know, you, you must expect to be turned down to start with. They do that and automatically oh. just apply again and they wrote the form and then yeah. we got it. But um, My then. husband's got a motability car and in the first instance we were turned down for this as well. Mm. My husband is a very proud person and didn't want to go yes, any further. That's but right. eventually we did get it sorted out and I'm very mm. grateful for the fact that he is at the moment able to drive. Again, I don't know how long for because the, the mm. spine and neck problem is mm. proving difficult. Yeah. So it sounds as like if it's quite difficult to get to know what benefits oh, there are yes. available. It's, and it's Im almost impossible to get to know what's available in any area. Mm. Um, I, my children, well, the grandchildren had uh, social services. They were on the risk register in Wales where they lived. When they came up here, they were referred to the local services. And I called them in, and they came out and looked and said, well, children are fine, they're well cared for, they're fed. We don't consider you need us anymore. And that was it. They mm. were gone in one visit. Although I must say, the social worker herself, personally, was very friendly. And she did come back, more or less, on an informal visit for several, several months. They never offered any help of any kind, even though I obviously needed it. Yes, I, I think, first of all, carers need recognition. And as a carer said the other day that I was talking to, it's not just recognition, it's actual respect. Mm. If we're doing the vast majority of uh, care in the home, we at least need to be recognised for that. And the next thing that we need is, is information. So many people suddenly become carers and really have no idea as to where to go for help or support. A lady said to me one day, Thursday mother arrived... Friday, I had to give up my job. Saturday, I'm a full-time carer. Mm. Help. Mm. 
Mm. Um, it was only fortunate that she knew about our project and was able to contact us for advice and for information as well as some uh, some support. I do think also as well that doctors should know the role that carers play regarding the person they look after. I think this is taken for granted that you're the wife or the mother, whichever, and it's your job to do it. I mean, all right, I'm quite proud to do it, you know, but... You know, um, it's the way it's <laughs> that you're taken for granted. Me, my, um, my doctor is extremely supportive, but of course you can't just call on her every time you need. I think where the lack of support comes is from the psychiatric services. As mm. far as the consultant psychiatrist is concerned, he has a little patient that he puts in a dustbin, lifts the lid once every mm. month or so, and sees her, earns his money, puts the lid back on, and mm. forget that one. There is no support or help in that respect mm. anywhere. Um, even carers, if I call on him for help. I think I carers who are looking after people who are mentally ill you know, suffer a double whammy. Mm. And the services for mental health patients are very poor. I mean, it's a Cinderella of the health service. It's truly appalling the way people with depression and schizophrenia are treated. But then the carers are very much uh, treated by the professionals. No, they're treated very much by the doctors in particular, in my experience. It's just a sort of inconvenient appendage. Yeah. You're like the cleaner. You yes. Just keep out um, of the way and uh, your labourer. I was far yeah. from popular when I, I went to see my wife's psychiatrist uh, and he basically said in the end, I don't see why I should be talking to you. You're asking too many awkward questions. You're lucky he actually <laughs> did. He wouldn't talk to me at all. He even refused to visit. Refused well, to allow me to visit exactly him. exactly shows the attitude. Mm. I quite agree, Martin, that the, um, the experience with other carers has been that on the, the mental health side, the response is generally patient confidentiality, we can't talk to you or mm. not interested mm-hmm. in talking to you, mm. often leaving people, leaving carers completely in the dark as to what the side effects of medication might be or how they can actually help the person themselves. Yes. Mm. So although there have been some improvements with, with new money on perhaps a joint intensive support teams that have been set up, the basic response from many mental health care professionals is that they're not really interested in the carers and the role of the carers themselves. I think in defence of the staff, the nursing staff in particular, are they caring? But as one said to me, you do realise we're running a fire station here. We will deal with the 25 most urgent patients that we've got beds for, and the other X will be out in a community somewhere. Yes. When I said that my wife was really not well enough to come home, he, he did agree and said, well, it's a fire station, dear. So tell me some of the things that make it, to you, very difficult for you to continue to care. Well, from my point of view, it's not difficult to continue to care because I think we've been through the really bad time Mm. and having coped with that, you've just learnt to do without any help. You Mm. deal with it yourself. And uh, Jackie, of course, once the kids have gone too, life Mm. became a lot easier, but... It does become a thing that you take everything for granted. It's a way of life. You've altered your life from what it used to be to what it is now. So you just carry on, you know, how Mm. best you you can manage. There comes a point where there's no point in asking for help anymore. No. So just grit your teeth Mm. and put up with it. Well, you know, I have a a problem, you know, regarding getting my husband bait. And this is my main problem. (laughs) And I'm having so much problem to get help regarding this. And I can manage everything else. And yet everybody else is prepared to send social services in to help me. But the main thing that I do want help in 
I'm getting left out again. <laughs> Doris, I, I know that the situation there, isn't it? Something like 18 months since you've had mm. a recommendation that you should have a shower. That's right. But as yet, nothing has still been done no. about it. This is my main problem. I mean, mm. I'm lucky the husband is all right mentally. And to get him onto a stool, to get him into a bath, he cannot sit in the bath. He must sit on a seat and he's shaky all the time I'm doing it. You know, people don't realise if they were to come and see what is involved... And it is so degrading for him as well. That's, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And this is often uh, what causes carers to, uh, to have back problems and, and also a very high level of stress. Most mm. carers mm. find, as one said, working at 110%. And another carer said, I'm, I'm too tired to call the mm. Samaritans. Mm. And that mm. just seems so much to mm. put it in a nutshell. In my own case, I haven't even had a care assessment there's never mm. been a care plan made for my daughter in the five years I've had her. Mm. She has no psychiatric nurse. She has no nowhere to turn to. Mm. It's just. What do you do on those days when it's really difficult to care? I have rung, for instance, the day when I said, I can't cope with the children anymore, they've got to go. They didn't go that day, but the decision was made. And she just cried hysterically all day. I tried to contact the psychiatrist. And there's always a block at the secretarial level. She doesn't like the doctor to have any appointments or anything untoward. And I couldn't get hold of him. I rang my doctor, who was in surgery. She did ring back and said she would talk to me later. And then I got through to the psychiatrist again. And he did answer the phone eventually. And I talked to him about the problem. And he actually said, well, what do you want from life? I just couldn't answer it. I mean, what do you say to a question like that? Mm. And I just gave up. Eventually got Jackie quiet and put her to bed, and, uh, and that was it. But that was all the treatment she had for a very traumatic time when her children were taken away from her and given to her husband, which would have been the one horror of her life because he was quite an abusive man. And what effect did that have on you? Guilt. Terrible guilt for a long time. And Harvey knows that too. In fact, it was Harvey that got me over it, wasn't it? He said the children couldn't go on living with a dead body and that they needed to be away from their mother in order to cope. And it's true, that that did happen. I was able to see it from that point of view, that it was the best thing for the children. And they've now grown up and we're quite good friends again, but it was a very bad time. People never understand, I think, what carers actually go through, that the carer must continue and put on the brave face all the time. Mm. Which is not easy to do. No, <laughs> Everybody doesn't. has their, their down days. Yeah. And in my case, if my husband notices I'm getting stressed out, he gets very mm. uptight. And <laughs> I think, too, people don't realise because Jackie is walking, normal looking, and yeah. coping, and they don't realise just how bad she is, and it doesn't come out. They try. It's only what happens indoors that yeah. you see. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I was very interested, Jean, to hear that you mentioned about guilt. So many carers, this is the really big thing. The guilt can take many forms. How do you learn to say no to someone without, mm. without feeling guilty? They may feel that they're not doing enough, so they can feel guilty about that. They feel guilty if they want to have time for themselves. And it's very difficult because you have in the background always someone that's perhaps dependent on you. And if I do anything for myself, I feel guilty about it. 
Right, so that experience of guilt actually means that perhaps sometimes there's an expectation for people to be able to care and cope with their caring. Yes, there's an expectation perhaps from the person being cared for. There are expectations in society, well, you know, you ought to be doing that, and from professionals as well. Uh, So many, uh, perhaps GP will say, you are doing all right, aren't you? Which isn't asking for a response at all. And if anybody else asks, well, yes, I'm fine. That's the normal answer, I'm fine. If you probe after that a bit, you find that no, they're not fine. But, of course, who really wants to listen? Doris, how do you Yes, I agree with what Harvey says there, that you are taken for granted that the answer is that you are fine, even if though you are far from being fine. I mean, every carer situation is different. I can only speak for myself. I wouldn't have chosen to be a carer. I'd have much preferred the if you like a conventional family model where husband goes out to work and wife looks after the house and the children but it wasn't to be for us so we have accepted that I think what makes it very hard is the lack of support the lack of recognition and that's not just from the system it's even within the family I'll just give you an example I had a small windfall from a flotation of an insurance company I had a policy with and at the end of the day, there was a little bit of money left over, and I decided to have a holiday. My parents' and laws reaction was absolute horror that I was going away by myself, just adding to the guilt. Another thing from my own experience, yesterday was actually my parents' diamond wedding, and the level of stress, that all sorts of things had happened in this week had gone wrong. I just couldn't go. I couldn't face everybody in saying to all my relatives when they say how are you fine when actually what I want to say is I feel bloody awful I just couldn't face going the way I described it once to my GP was I feel like a piece of elastic being pulled in about six different directions and eventually it all snaps what I resent more than anything else is the fact that as a carer I'm treated in exactly the same way as someone who is on income support because they choose basically not to work or they're a single mother. Um, There's no recognition in the system. You are a carer. We're going to treat you in a different way. I'm not voluntary on income support. I haven't done anything myself to get on income support. If we had a decent carer's allowance and not a great suspicion all the time that we're, we're fiddling the system... You joined um, the ranks of the wasters and the yeah, and the losers. Yeah. Mm. Um, there are lots of areas around money which really do need to be addressed, and I actually feel very angry about mm. having experienced the system for ten years. It, it, the, the unfairness of it all really does annoy me, upset me, mm. and I do wonder whether we as carers have got to get together and kick up one hell of a fuss. I think the the answer would be just to all flatly refuse caring, but we can't do that. But that's what we need. Let's just go and dump all our patients in a local town hall Mm. and have a day off. You'll have noticed that the informal carers expressed a lot of anger and dissatisfaction at the lack of recognition of them as carers, both by society and professional carers with whom they come into contact. It's clear from listening to them that caring has overwhelmed their lives, to the extent that it has become their main role. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.